Coming up on today's show, the Cavs go down in Orlando. The offense fell apart. It wasn't, dare I say, magical. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. I am Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerill. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on production. Today's show, mostly about Cavs magic. That was a game Monday night in Orlando. Cleveland loses 104-94. to Two games left on this current road trip. It was a game where they scored 15 points in the third quarter. Darius Garland had 36, Donovan Mitchell 22, but neither had particularly efficient shooting nights from the field, and Cleveland was still without Evan Mobley and Kara Silver. So this show, segment one, our big takeaway. Segment two, game awards, that's MVP stat of the night and play of the night. And segment three, we'll look ahead to Boston and maybe talk a little bit about some recent comments Kevin Love made about perhaps retiring in Cleveland one day. But Evan, let's start with the big takeaway. What stood out to you from Cavs Magic? So un- unlike my sweatshirt, the Cavs were not on offense um, against Orlando. They, they, they really were kind of back and forth with Orlando in the first half. You felt like there was so, some momentum, excuse me, heading into the second half. Um, but the, the fact that there's just no Evan Mobley, there's no Karis LeVert, Jared Allen had more fouls than he did points in this game, uh, really just... Uh, the lack of kind of key players really came into contrast uh, in the third when, and this is kind of going with my stat, but the fact that the Cavs just weren't um, able to just find an off any form of offensive juice in the third quarter. The third quarter is just a straight up disaster of an offensive performance. They, Darius is 2 of 7. Donovan took one shot in nearly nine minutes on the floor to take five free throws, though. And, and unless, unless the Cavs... If the Cavs don't take 33 free throws in this game and make 25 oh, yeah, the same number of free throw Orlando's took, this game is not as close as it was. They had a great first quarter. You can look at the first quarter and say, okay, they win by seven. Free throws weren't even a big deal in that quarter. They only took four. Orlando took eight. You know, Garland's two of five, Mitchell's two of four, but Jared's two of three, and they get a, a three from Dean Wade, and they get two threes off the bench from Sam Merrill. Okay. From there, the only real sustained offense they got was free throws, and that, that's going to happen sometimes. You, we just talked about it on this show, how I think they could be in a position where they need to get more free throws and be more aggressive and, and add some efficiency and layers to the offense in that specific way. But it's really hard to have a fully competent offensive performance in 2023 when your offense for three of the four quarters dials down into we can only get to the free throw line. And in one of the quarters, you don't you kind of do that and you're still anemic. Yeah, anemic is a good way to put it. And I think them boiling down the offensive approach to 
living and dying of the charity stripe, which like you said, they got 31 attempts in this game. So sure, there is a recipe for some success there, but that shouldn't be like your total uh, body of work or success there. And I think, as you said, like Donovan Mitchell only took one shot in the third quarter. Like you can't have that from the guy who is consistently night in and night out, been like your offensive hub and your offensive dynamo. Um, You need him to like step up in those moments and kind of be that guy that can bridge the gap if the offense isn't flowing and just get the Cavs a couple easy buckets. And that, that does have like a morale effect to the overall just approach in this game and, or just in any game in general. And yeah, it was just, it was just a, performance that they came out sleepwalking in the third quarter and Orlando being a good team at home despite injuries more than took advantage of that and just kind of put momentum firmly in their corner heading into the remainder of the big picture Evan what do you think this game means as far as the Cavs we're talking about that maybe getting back on track maybe turning a corner what does this game tell you about where this team is at right now um, it doesn't tell me much just because it's one game. I think there's a lot of encouraging things you could look at, whether it's the win against Orlando that kind of kickstarted this mini streak. I think the game against Miami is their most impressive win of the season in terms of just overall two-way play, especially when they had no Evan Mobley in that game just on the defensive side of the ball. But it is concerning, though, that there are still moments where the Cavs can get complacent. They can kind of just maybe... Uh, Brian forced the offensive approach. Like you could tell Darius Garland was certainly pressing in this game and maybe he should have been looking to defer, maybe get like Mitchell going somehow, some way. But these are small bumps in the great path that is a regular season. And I, I don't think this one's like a massive roadblock. I think the third quarter alone, if you just look at it from that lens, like, yeah, you could be really concerned, but it, it doesn't, I don't know. It, it doesn't like, it, it obviously ends the winning streak the Cavs are on, but I don't think it really like negates a lot of the positive progress they've been making lately. Either. Maybe it's I, like a small step backwards. Yeah, look, Orlando's a really good defense. I still just, this this is one of those offensive performances that leaves you wanting, that leaves you, I think, clearly just wondering, okay, why can't they sustain it? And you could certainly just look at it and look at some of the role guys and say, I'm, and I'm sure there's an argument, some validity in this argument, that it's you say, okay, Max Drews and George Nang were combined zero of 10 from three mm-hmm. that's a fourth of our that's 25 percent of the team's three-point attempts from those two guys didn't go in you add in donovan mitchell who took 10 three-pointers in this game over half of his shots that's half of the team's three-pointers from three guys and they made two of them like you could just look at that and say okay that that you had a bad night in that way that led you a certain direction you lose in games like that i get that i still think there's just something in the process that is still being figured out, even if I, I buy some of the shooting stuff. But it just should, you should, it just shouldn't feel quite like that. I mean, there's a number we'll get to when we get to awards, and I'm doing that in air quotes if you're not watching on YouTube. That is the like it's a it's a crazy number. It would be a crazy number, like in any context. I think in the span of like one quarter to do not do rather what the Cavs did is, is really tough. Um, and, and you would almost think to some degree, and I'm, this isn't a, like a knock on, on Mobley, but maybe things would just be a little cleaner and more open. If you just had a nominal spacer in your starting lineup in Dean Wade, and that didn't really seem to help. So it's just kind of a bizarre thing and then Jared Allen also only plays like 15 minutes in the game so like yeah did you lose a lob threat there because Tristan Thompson ends up playing nearly 30 minutes in this game so like like that also matters but it's all weird and 
it doesn't help. I, I think this team is just weird. They are weird. And to your point, like no Evan Mobley or maybe no spacing in the lineup because Dean Wade still is sometimes hesitant to take those one to two three pointers per game. You wish he would maybe rip a little bit more instead of just deferring to one of his teammates. Um, or just the fact that like they were playing Sam Merrill and just like Sam Merrill in general, like guys just like at the back end of the rotation um, were getting like heavy, heavy minutes in this game. Like even like you said, Tristan Thompson is not a lob threat whatsoever at this point is or stage in his career and was getting heavy minutes because Jared Allen was in foul trouble and the Cavs didn't have Evan Mobley to lead on instead. And the Damian Jones project has been a failure to launch. So yeah, like the, the Cavs, off-season moves to get this quote-unquote overwhelming depth um, is a little lackluster when there's injuries just across so many key positions. And I think it's just tricky when you're a top-heavy team. How do, you, how do you build this out and how do you approach it? And I think the Niang and Struz additions were a plus. But my when we talk about in the third segment, I have like a mini takeaway from this game. But like when looking at games like this, it kind of sh- gives me an idea of what the Cavs should maybe be looking at come trade deadline time. When we get to that, comp- when they at least get to that point in the season. Coming up next, let's do game awards. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the game time. The best way to get last minute tickets for the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They have a game time guarantee as well. That means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. I love game time. I used it when I went to New York in August to get tickets for Liberty Aces. Saved a ton of money on last minute tickets to that game. And that was well worth the money I did spend. You can find them for Cavs games if you want to. In Cleveland or any other thing you would like to go do. So again, create an account, redeem our code L O C E D O N NBA for $20 off. That's locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. That's guaranteed. Evan, who's your MVP? Uh, it's Tristan Thompson in this one. I, I don't think we're going to see many more performances like this from him. Um, I think if you're J.B. Bickerstaff, it gives you the assurance that you do at least have a break class in case of emergency big who could play almost the entire fourth quarter when you're starting all-star big man fouls out. But I was just like, oh, wow, Tristan has a little bit of pop in him tonight. Like he brought the juice and I think kind of gave the Cavs a little bit of a spark when they were looking very lifeless in the second half. So, I mean, you, you could. Talk about Darius Garland, who I think was the best overall, like, quote unquote, star player. But like for me, like Thompson stood out in terms of just everyone else. Yeah, they kind of needed Tristan just to like eight minutes. And he's done that all year. I think if mm-hmm. you're not going to look at him and say he was an integral guy one way or the other that pushed a team in a certain direction in terms of encore play, that's just not where this is headed with him. But the fact that he stepped in, played nearly 30 minutes on a night where Jared Allen had more fouls than points, like good for Tristan they needed him to do this and it's it's again one of the some more surprising storylines of this season oh, that about can, can you believe we're talking about Tristan Thompson playing meaningful minutes in the year 2023 <laughs> no because like we we looked at you could you if you look you look at the moves in a vacuum over the summer 
you t- I, I like to look at moves that teams make and say, what does the move tell us beyond what they're going to say about it? I think that you have to do it that way. When you trade, even if you didn't really give up anything, you traded for Damian Jones fairly like in the middle of the offseason. Okay, so you're saying we there's something in this guy's profile, something in what he is that we believe can be a backup center for us. So we're going to go get him because he's not a free agent. Great. Okay, you move on from Robin Lopez. You wanted something different. That's Damian Jones. Tristan Thompson is a very just kind of random signing. It still looks bizarre that he's wearing number 12 to me. And I talked to people in the organization like before this, and this is something that I've heard, like I think them say publicly, that I don't think they thought Tristan Thompson was going to play that much. And yet here he is playing nearly 30 minutes in a game in December, and that's just like the most random thing through all of this. 12 Tristan Thompson is going to be a great like jersey for kids going to like OU and, and going to fest at state colleges for, or like going to Coachella, um, all of that. That's a, that's certainly a choice. Um, I, I would agree. Maybe, uh, yeah. Good. I don't know. Maybe if, or when they, if they do end up moving on from Rubio, Tristan just puts the 13 back on and all finally feels right in the world again. But who's your MVP? As I kind of mull over just the fact that it, it's weird to, that a guy who was a desk analyst all of last regular season played at the Lakers in the playoffs and now is playing for meaningful, meaningful minutes for the Cavs is uh, my MVP for the for this game. It's, it's Garland. There's not a ton to say. It's the fact that he got to line 12 times. He's the reason they ultimately scored as many points as it did. He really struggled scoring-wise in this game, 3-9 from 3, um, you know, 11-23 from the floor overall, not a particularly... Good. I mean, no one made shots, so we only had three assists, too. But Darius at least got to the line, and there's going to be five assists, excuse me. But he, five assists, three turnovers. So no one really made shots. Uh, I'd have to look at the potential assists, but he at least got to the line, got some points, had 36. Hooray, I guess. I don't think anyone's particularly happy with that, though. All right, stat of the night for me. Uh, 103.3 offensive rating overall. This is such a wild swing back from the Miami game to some degree and some of the better performances they've had. That's awful. And then they had a 65.1 offensive rating in the third. 65.1 as an offensive rating is what I would imagine like a bad team from the 60s would put up in the NBA today if you like transported them in time. So that's not good. And you're not winning an NBA game in 2023 when your offense is that bad in, in a single quarter. No, that's back when players would play for like a half loaf of bread and a cup of soup per um just to kind of they're, they're the ones JJ Reddick just like ethers on television or on podcasts from time to time and then their families get mad about it, but he's has has some points. Well, it's not JJ's fault that uh their brains are made of cotton candy. But either way, um yeah, my side of the night kind of goes hand in hand with yours. Um just the fact that the Cavs only put up nineteen points in the third quarter. Like they came out flat again. To add a halftime, like this is becoming kind of a recurring theme. And I think that's a another takeaway you could really take from this magic game. That's just a crystallization of early in the season. But like the, the Cavs just were very flat offensively. Donovan Mitchell wasn't shooting. Um, I, I wonder what it was or the context was behind that behind the scenes, but that will ever really get a true or clear answer on it. But either way, like this was just a not great offensive game for Cleveland. Um, like you said, like first quarter came out great, like looked awesome. And then like just completely came out flat for the rest of the game. And it was just a little discouraging considering how well they've been playing the last few games. I'll go play first 140 in the well, 137 when he scores, but Donovan Mitchell late in the fourth quarter, 
uh, gets re- helps out of the pass lane, picks off a pass intended for Gary Harris, gets a gets a bucket on the other end, easy transition bucket, took advantage of a turnover. It makes it a five point game at that point. There's still like a glimmer of hope at that point. It was also just like a, a good Donovan Mitchell play, and one of the things he's good at if he's creating turnovers, it's kind of in that scenario. Free safety Donovan Mitchell poke ahead gets the points, so that's that's my play. But overall, not a not a ton of great options. Not nah, well. Mine is uh like early ish into the third quarter. It's like a little bit of a chaotic moment. Like Tristan Thompson kicks the ball to Donovan Mitchell at the top of the perimeter. Uh, he runs a pick and roll double T. Donovan drives to the basket and then kicks it out to Darius on the perimeter. Like I want to see the two man game between Garland and Mitchell evolve more, and maybe that is more of Garland playing off the ball and letting Mitchell cook with the ball in his hands and that that's an instance of it. And I think the Cavs could find a modicum or a degree of success with it. Um, but Hey, like for as lifeless as they were in the third, that was the most exciting offensive spark they gave in the third quarter. I think. All right, coming up next, let's talk about Cavs Celtics. Let's talk about Kevin Love, maybe retiring Cleveland one day. Those are two things we'll hit after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, and boy, is it getting colder, Stay the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. They have NBA odds as well. I'm going to see right now if they have Cavs odds for this evening against the Celtics. We'll report back with that in segment three. But FanDuel.com slash lockdown kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. All right, let's go into Cavs Celtics first, Evan, because that's the more sure. pertinent thing here. Uh, no, Evan Mobley is a very, I think, makes this aside from the fact that they're traveling three hours and then playing the same night on a team that had off Monday and hasn't lost in their home court all year. That is already just like I'm. I'm just gonna guess an L if I'm predicting this game. It just, it's just gonna be. It's one of those games that they probably aren't gonna win. Uh, the Cavs are. Ten and a half point underdogs in this game. Uh, the money line Yikes. Cavs are plus four. Yeah, Cavs are plus four ten on the money line. Celtics minus five fifty. That that feels honestly this slightly rude. Perhaps don't really care. That's kind of accurate considering the back to back. The fact that no Evan Mobley means really going to lack some good defensive options. This is also just one of those games you would have liked to see Evan Mobley defend a big wing and get some run at that. That would have been cool. And Karis LeVert has played a role in these Cavs Celtics games before going off, scoring big points. He did it in Boston mm-hmm. last year, so not having him too is a loss. This just feels like a game where the Cavs are going to have to play out of their minds and find something inside themselves in a very cliche way to win or even be competitive and also get lucky and maybe hope Boston just plays down or has a bad night. Yeah, that's all you really can hope for. Um, Boston is undefeated at home, so that in of itself already makes it hard for the Cavs. The fact that Boston is also has everyone that plays meaningful minutes at least uh, completely available too, like that, that makes it even trickier. Um, I think the tandem of Drew and um, 
J. Lynn Brown. I'm sorry, I was just forming the words in my head as I spoke. Uh, are are going to be a really tricky matchup for Mitchell and Garland to begin with. Yeah, but no Mobley is going to be tough. And you you kind of hit it like bigger wings. Like I think like they don't grow on trees, but in this game against Orlando or in this loss to Orlando, rather, and maybe even looking ahead to this game against Boston, like if the Cavs really do need to make a move to kind of bolster the rotation and depth, they do need to find like a bigger wing type player that can provide rebounding, I think is the thing is just because like, yeah, Tristan Thompson was great um, in this game against Orlando, but he really did turn back the clock in this game. And I don't expect him to be able to give you those types of minutes anymore on a consistent basis. And so, um, yeah, like that, that's just kind of my thought process. And maybe this game against Boston is just another example of that because you do have Jason Tatum. You do have um, like Porzingis, who is a stretchier big in and of, in of itself, like can pull your bigs out from the basket. You do have Jalen Brown, who is a shooting guard that it could play the three or also a small ball four. Um, like the, the, the Celtics just have a lot of size across the board. And, um, I know I talked about them being really top heavy and I still think they are, they are thin depth wise, but like when they are healthy, they are very hard to stop, especially when you're a team like the Cavs that is on the second game of back to back and also isn't totally healthy either. Not expecting this one to be particular, but that, 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 that recap episode is going to be a doozy folk. So if you, if you are listening, subscribe to us on YouTube because not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they wore a Barbie-themed sweatshirt and record on Tuesday morning to make sure that you can hear the latest and greatest, probably, without at least in my mind, the number one Cavs podcast. Yeah, uh, that game's going to be... Just don't feel it. I, I think if you're nah, looking at a... We'll, we'll see what happens if... Like, no idea if Mobley doesn't seem like it, then he'll be back for Thursday. We'll see about Levert, but you're in a world where you will be in a world where maybe Thursday the, the rematch is a little more competitive, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even holding my breath necessarily there. I, I, I honestly know Evan Mobley. Evan really means there's a lot. There's not a ton. I feel like I'm going to learn out of this because I like the, 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 what the Celtics are. No, like I'm sorry. What are you learning that we're not going to learn with Evan Mobley is integral to like everything the Cavs do. I don't understand I what you're you're learning about this. I think how do the Cavs maybe handle the defensive pressure Boston presents just because like I said, Drew and Jay, like that is a really lethal defensive tandem that is kind of glove made to frustrate a smaller backcourt like the Cavs have do the Cavs have reads and reactions or does JV Bickerstaff maybe game plan to outcoach Joe Missoula and maybe just make that defensive upside a little bit different and you mentioned it like this is a weird two games and three nights situation the Cavs are in in Boston like I, I wonder what do we see in game one that clearly doesn't work especially just injuries notwithstanding and like what ad- what adaptations can the Cavs make to maybe make life a little easier especially if Evan Mobley is a no-go and uh on Thursday. If there's one thing I will say I'm looking forward to that I will try to figure some out. Uh, the Chris Porzingis is back from injury for that team. That action, particularly with Jalen Brown, has been incredible. So how they defend that without Mobley and, and what that looks like, I, I am quite curious to just see what that looks like. All right, and on a quick topic here, 
Kevin Love. Kevin Love recently told ChrisFutoClaim.com that he the door is not closed on him in Cleveland, that he could retire there, that obviously he's he said, if I end up in the Hall of Fame one day, spoiler, Kevin, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I'm 100% going in as a Cavalier. That's a no-brainer. Got to tell you, but I was I was both bummed and happy at the same time, happy and sad at the same time. Um, that's a good Casey Musgrave song. But the when he did not play the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I was a little bit like, okay, I'm at least going to get to see this when because I couldn't make the game. You couldn't either... I'm excited to get to see that whenever that does happen. I still just, it just, it, and I, I just don't think the tension with him is like with the city or the franchise. I think it's with certain people in the organization and I, I kind of want to leave it at that, but he's going to go in as a Cavalier. And I, 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 I'm very excited to see what any reunion will look like, whatever that, whether that's he comes back and as, after he retires, whether that, um, you know, he's sitting courtside one day with his kid and his wife and, and all of that, like. There's just like a lot here still to be told with the Kevin Love Cavs story in that way. I don't know if he's ever coming back, but as a player, but I, I, the, the bond isn't broken, you know? No, the bond between the player and the teammates and the coaching staff and a, a good portion of the organization isn't broken. I think the Cavs certainly did do the right thing by doing right by Kevin Love and letting him go out and see if he can prove his worth of the team. And he more than did that. He started for the heat and they made a run to the NBA finals. So yeah, like you noticed it during the game against Miami. Like there was a moment when he checked into the game, like he was kind of like messing with Jared Allen a little bit, gave him like a butt slap and just like try to fake him out a little bit. And I think I'm sure there's moments pregame too that we don't get to see just as spectators watching this on TV. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't see why he wouldn't go in as a Cavalier. Like, it's his longest tenure team. Um, I, I would say his end of his time in Minnesota did not end on great terms. Um, he also won a championship in Cleveland, I think, is the biggest thing. So that's just like it just keeps compounding the argument. But yeah, like it would be nice to see him, whether it's like the ceremonial one day contract and he quote unquote retires as a Cavalier or maybe he comes back and assumes like that Channing Fry role for the last year of like his career. Um, but, uh, but who knows that that's good far between like Kevin Love may think he has more gas in the tank. It's also, you know, depending on like what his wife and his family maybe wants to do at that point in his life and career too. And also, like you said, there's a lot of ways that this could go. Um, I think it's cool just to see like people being very receptive to it still. Cause you know, it could have gotten a lot worse at the end of it all, but you know, it ended amicably for both sides and hopefully going forward, um, it continues to be that way. And that's just another like franchise legend. The Cavs have in their cap that have nothing but good to say about the organization. Cause the Cavs have made a bit of a pretty concerted effort to get a lot of familiar faces from like when you and I were growing up back into the fold and just part of the team. Yeah, even sometimes I'm not quite sure what there's there's one in particular that I'll tell you off air that I don't quite understand like what the point of it is, but uh, I don't want to disparage them publicly. The 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 last thing I'll ask you about Kevin Love, Evan. Sure. Should they if he signs a one day contract to retire, should they recreate his extension signing and do it in front of a room full of construction workers? Are they building a new arena or are they? I mean, I'm just, no, I'm just saying for the bit, you, you love a bit more than anybody that I know. So I'm asking, I love me a good bit, but I need context here, but um, I'm just, no, I mean, why do you, why do you need context for a bit? Why can't you just do it and make it really like, 
they'll never do this because that was a PRL in the biggest way possible. But like, it would be very fun. It's 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 you should do it in a way that is. You should just like do it when they build the statue and like do it in front of a statue. Say it's a PR dub in the sense that I think you and I are the only ones who have it like ingratiated into our memories at this point. No, I think a lot of I think a lot of Cavs like people who are on the internet too much do, and then no one else really will remember it. But I as I think everyone who's on the Cavs internet too much at that point in time absolutely has that ingrained in their head. Okay, that's fair. And if you're too much on the internet, the Cavs you either have a problem with the end season tournament now or you don't. But um. Either way, I yeah sure why not? I mean, they should if do the that. pro if they should it'd be funny, but like as long as like the proceeds they, help the people that are like you know being used to mock this photo, unless like they're actors in construction outfits or something, and like get paid much more than like. Um, is this a Nathan? Is this turning into a Nathan Felder sketch? Is like is that what you're suggesting? You know, I wish, man. I he's a genius though, so like that that's the tricky. Let's end there. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damerell. Thanks again to Jake's team, as always. Back at you. First thing Wednesday, Cavs-Celtics recap, Cavs-Celtics game awards, and we'll talk a little bit about, I think, how they're missing Evan Mobley. They've missed him for a couple games now. We haven't, we've kind of talked around his absence. Let's talk about, after that game in particular, with the spots they're missing Evan Mobley, or and as a contrast to some of what else is going on. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow.